Today on Your Book Chat with Jim, my guest is Alyssa Berenger from McKinney High School in McKinney, Texas. Alyssa was recently named a 2018 JEA Medal of Merit recipient, which will be awarded at the JEA convention in Chicago in November. She is currently the president-elect of the Texas Association of Journalism Educators. And she's also this month's Walsworth Yearbook's advisor of note. You can read more about her yearbook advising story and see some of her students' amazing work at walsworthyearbooks.com. Alyssa is advising just her third book at McKinney, but before diving into yearbook, she has been the broadcast advisor at McKinney for 14 years. She was named the 2017 JEA Broadcast Advisor of the Year. Her first book, The 2017 Lion, was awarded a CSPA Silver Crown and an NSPA Pacemaker last spring. She shares her experience of that first year. The only reason I'm alive and talking to you today, Jim, (laughs) (laughs) is because uh, I had three editors who had, like me, been also been editor their junior years. For advice to new advisors, I just got home from three days with some of the most awesome yearbook experts in the country, and it's those it's things like that that can can really help you get on the right track. And her plans for the 2019 book. You know, we've got our uh, a ladder up on our big whiteboard, and right now it says. Two slash three fifty two, really big, <laughs> which means we've completed two pages. So they have that constant, um, you know, sort of like the eye and the great Gatsby. Alyssa is another of the powerhouse young advisors who are continuing to challenge their students to tell the story of their year in fresh and exciting ways. Welcome, Alyssa, to your book chat with Jim. You're listening to the Walsworth Yearbooks Podcast Network. Hey, Alyssa. I'd like to welcome you to Yearbook Chat with Jim, and congratulations on all your awards and recognitions. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for inviting me. It's an honor. Shall we get started? Let's do it. Hey, I hear you just got back from Walsworth's Elite Weekend in Fort Worth this afternoon. Um, can you explain to the listeners a little bit about what is Elite, Elite Weekend and how did it help you and your kids and their progress with the 2019 book? Yeah, so Elite Weekend is, in my way of thinking, like a rock star tour. It's like Lollapalooza for yearbooks because <laughs> um, they do them all over the country. And so uh, luckily there's one right close to me down the road in Fort Worth. and. Uh, they bring in the best of the best yearbook experts to spend a weekend with your kids or your editors and take your yearbook from a 10 up to an 11. So <laughs> I would say uh, we got that and then some uh, this weekend. It was, uh, they spent the weekend with Gary Lundgren, Dow Tate, Martha Akers, Lori Oglesby. And um, yeah, it was just incredible. And Bruce Watterson, like all in one weekend. 
Can't get any better than that. That's pretty elite. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what are some of the things your kids, where did your book go new that was uh, unexpected? So we had a pretty solid theme packet when we came in. We didn't make major changes to the concept. But when you have those experts on hand, uh, they can really direct your editors to make the little changes yeah. that can enhance your coverage and storytelling. Little things like uh, just your your module coverage and things like that, where you can incorporate your theme where you never thought possible. Yeah. One of the things that really separates you know, a, a good book from a great one or a great one from an award-winning book are those details kind of things. And just the more eyes you can get on it that know what it takes makes a huge difference, I think. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, perfect. Now, I want to learn a little bit more about you. So we're going to go back a little bit. Okay. Tell me, yeah, memory lane here. Tell me a little bit about where you were born and how you wound up in McKinney, Texas. Oh, that's a long story, Jim. I know, good. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually born in Midland, Texas, and I lived in Midland for about a month. My dad was in the oil business, and so was, I was just a few weeks old. They moved to the Dallas area down in Midlothian, and uh, lived there for eight years, spent a year in Houston, um, and I moved to McKinney for the first time when uh, in 1993, I think, whenever I was uh, in elementary school. So spent a couple of years in McKinney. Uh, then uh, his job took us up north to the last frontier in Alaska. Ah, there's the Alaska story. Yes. So uh, spent almost five years in Alaska, uh, fly fishing and, you know, putting on my snow pants to get on the school bus and things like that. Uh, then I moved to McKinney again for, <laughs> for the second time uh, in 1998. Uh, and that's when I started at McKinney High School, was when there I was a go. freshman in high school. So how did you get on, on uh, yearbook or publications? How did that all happen? So uh, I started in photo photojournalism my freshman year, and I had uh, an advisor or a photojournalism teacher. I don't know if you've heard of her. Lori Oglesby is her name. Ah. <laughs> yes. you, can, you can Google her if you're not yeah. familiar. Um, <laughs> so I had uh, Lori for photo one, and it was just sort of a transformative experience. Um, it was dark room. Uh, film, rolling oh. film, and all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, so at your at your core, you're a photographer. That's where that's where I got my start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, how did you get on the yearbook staff? And did you do newspaper? I just went straight onto yearbook and worked on the you know club section my sophomore year. Uh, junior year, uh, became editor with uh, another. A couple of friends of mine uh, became editor our junior year, so I got a two-year editor experience there on the Lion, and uh, senior year joined the newspaper staff as well uh, as their opinions editor. Got to write some sort of sassy <laughs> humor. <laughs> no. And so like didn't that. didn't that uh, one of those books win a big national award or two? 
Yeah, so senior year, we we did the, the pacemaker, uh, best of show, and gold crown, uh, you know, tour of yearbook awards. So <laughs> oh my, you got the triple. That's had a amazing. pretty successful uh, senior yearbook there. What was the what was the theme of that book, and what year was it? So that was two thousand one, and the theme was a part. And it's funny, I was just talking to Gary Lundgren at Elite Weekend uh, about this book a few hours ago because he actually came in and helped us that year. Ah. Um, yeah, so it was pretty cool to work with him, he and my editors at Elite Weekend. Um, yeah. So McKinney had just opened a ninth grade center that year, which would become McKinney North High School. Oh, so right. our campus was actually a part. We were, we were separated by the town. Um, so that was the theme apart. But they were still a part of us because we were all still a part of McKinney High School. Oh, cool. Yeah. Fun, creative, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what else were you involved in in high school? Uh, well, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, was, I, I played the viola in uh, middle school in Alaska, but they didn't have an orchestra yet down here in McKinney. So, oh, uh, so my the first viola year, went bye bye. Yeah, it was. I kind of had to change, change directions. I didn't become a great, you know, symphony orchestra player or anything like that. Oh well. <laughs> could, could have been. You could have been an orchestra member, and then we'll you became a publication. We'll never know. We'll never That's know. That's right. <laughs> so then, te- so then you leave McKinney, and where do you go to college? Uh, the University of Texas. Go Longhorns. Wow. Down their in football, Austin. Their football team's doing a little better this year. I, I read I, something. I saw something about that on social media. I don't, I'm not a big uh, football fan, but. Oh, you're not, you're not doing the hook em horn sign I don't, all the time? I mean, I'm happy when they win. That makes me feel good, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you're, you're at UT Austin and did you have goals then of being a journalist or what were your goals as you left high school? Oh, I, I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a writer. By that time, I was really into writing and storytelling. Um, and I also kind of got into music. I was uh, I worked for the governor's office. That was oh. Rick Rick Perry at the time. So I worked. Oh my, for, oh my I know, goodness! I, yeah, you didn't know that, did you? So I worked. Oh, no, for, I didn't. <laughs> I worked for Rick Perry in the Texas Music Office, which oh, was wow. basically a, a clearinghouse for uh, the Texas music industry. And so one of the things I did when I got that internship was they have a big music festival called South by Southwest. Oh my goodness. uh, Of course, I'm going to go. Yeah. (laughs) It's the biggest music industry festival um, in the world. So it was just, it was one of the best weeks of my life. I went to the convention and heard lectures from people like yes. Joan, Joan Baez and um, Wayne Coyne and Andrew Oldham, uh, who was with the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. So my job was to listen to these sort of industry-themed lectures and write about them. So um, that experience just made me want to work for Rolling Stone and you know, <laughs> be, can't become Cameron Crowe or something like that. That's right. So... Uh, at the same time, though, I was working uh, at the University Interscholastic League, and ah. uh, I was all through college working with high schools and high school students in journalism contests, 
And so high school journalism was always sort of with me. And uh, so I, I went that way. Did, <laughs> did you work on the paper at all? I, I worked on the paper a little bit, um, but most of my time was uh, spent on you know, working at UIL, internships. I uh, had another internship at uh, Texas Monthly Magazine in their art department, which was just an incredible experience, too. Every day oh, was wow. an adventure there. Yeah, I had a great college experience. Well, I know a little bit of this detail, and I want you to give them a shout-out a little bit. Two of your former yearbook students are now working on the paper at UT. They are. Uh, some of your very best writers. want to maybe tell a little bit about what yeah. they're doing from your program? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so Nicole Stussy was a two, 2017 editor, my first yearbook. And she's been working for the Texan for a couple of years now. And then last year, my one of my copy editors, Neelam Bora, um, she went straight down to UT also. And just immediately, her first story was front page above the fold about how the university didn't have enough girls majoring in computer science. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was like a hardcore, it was like a serious story for you, like your first your first story for the Daily Texan. The Daily Texan is an incredible paper. It's got a higher circulation than the Austin American Statesman, so lots and lots of readers. So I'm really proud of both of those girls and the work they're doing down at UT, my alma mater. Well, yeah, what, and just to kind of tie into your 2018 book, Neelam wrote that uh, incredible story called Things Changed about the Me Too movement. So yes, she did. It sounds like she, you know, in high school, she was writing deep, and important things. She is a social justice warrior, and if anybody could change the world, it's her. That's depending great. on her. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the things I love about your 2018 book is that you don't shy away, or your editors and your and your writers don't shy away from writing those long form stories that need to be told. So, we just did a um, Susan Massey and I just did a, a webinar. Uh, for Walsworth that talks about how we don't want yearbooks to lose sight of the importance of stories that need to be told in six, 700 words. Sometimes they're just that important. So Neelam is one of those great students that can do that. And I applaud you guys for, you know, carrying that torch of great writing. Thanks. I was, I was really lucky to have her. Yeah. Do you have, it, it, has she been replaced? Did you have someone, do you have someone to follow her or, is that a kind of a struggle for this year? She and her sort of partner in crime, Udani, who wrote some of those stories too, they've been replaced by the 35 question marks I have in my journalism one classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's so hard with what we do. You have wonderful riches and then you have to start and build them again. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of promise, but I need a couple of weeks still to work, <laughs> work out some of the that, kinks. It does take a while. Yeah. We'll have to turn so, those pages later. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so t tell me about your road to becoming a teacher. When did you have the revelation you wanted to teach and you wanted to be an advisor and, and especially you wanted to go back to your alma mater? Well, I, my time at UIL, um, it wasn't until Jeannie Acton came to the University of Scholastic League my senior year at UT, and I started working for her 
um, was when I really realized um, that I, I didn't just enjoy spending time with students and helping them with their yearbooks and newspapers, but I actually was passionate about that. So she's just been an incredible mentor um, ever since then. And she's was really the person who helped me see that. Um, so after graduation, it was just sort of a, a typical job hunt situation. And there happened to be an opening in my hometown. So I came straight home to McKinney High School. <laughs> as hard as it was that, to believe, that's what I did. That's amazing. So you've been there for a long, long time. Yeah, 14 so, years. So when you when you started, you didn't do yearbook. Um, tell me about a little bit about your broadcast program and an online program and how all that got going. Yeah, so I learned how to do, uh, I got all my broadcast experience my first year advising broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> no training. <laughs> it was just sort of, hey, Alyssa, we're here. You're looking for a journalism job. We have one, and it's going to be great. We have photo. You're going to teach a lot of photojournalism and also broadcasting. So it was kind of like, well, I can do photo. I know I can do that, but I don't know about the other. So my kids taught me how to use the cameras and how to use Final Cut, and we just sort of talked about storytelling and I shared what I knew and they shared what they know. And um, I've got a little bit better handle on it now, I think, than I did back then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's been kind of a crazy journey. And you were the National Broadcast Advisor of the Year just a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was incredible. It's hard to believe as that is, yeah. <laughs> were you like the second one or the third one? How did, in uh, the... I think that was the fourth one. The fourth one. Yeah. Because yeah, that's been a relatively new... Yeah. Recognition, which I think is great. It's really great. Um, you know, the thing that it's kind of interesting, broadcast world and yearbook world are really different. Yes, they are. Um, yearbook is, it's very competitive and sort of cutthroat. But there's also, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. But there's also, you didn't know that? But there's also no. sort of this, uh, there's also sort of a community feel. Like I feel very supported. I feel like I could call almost any yearbook advisor in the country and go, Hey, it's Alyssa Berenger. I need some help. And they would, they would tell me what I needed to know, but I, yeah. they, there's, that just sort of doesn't exist in, in broadcast yet. Um, so I think that's one of the things that JEA and organizations like that are working on. Um, well, I was, and that's a step in the right direction. I was surprised to find out there are a couple of different organizations that, you know, one is the JEA group, but then there's another organization that a lot of people are involved with and they don't necessarily cross over to each other so yeah there's and and i've never done uh, stn student television yeah. network yeah. And i've, I've yeah. never even i've never done that i probably should so so okay so you're chugging along you're doing amazing uh broadcast work how do you get the what happens to give you the yearbook job well uh we had a personnel change at mckinney high yeah Right. And uh, my longtime yearbook advisor and my colleague and friend uh, moved on to another to another school. So um, I spent a lot of time. My my administrators were great. They said, Alyssa, we'll do whatever you want. Just tell us what you want to do. So <laughs> I spent a long time trying to find a good yearbook advisor <laughs> who would so come could, to the Kinney High and work with me. 
<laughs> you could have said no. You tried to say no at I, first. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I tried to say no. I said let's try to. You know, Lori Oglesby was there for I think sixteen years, and yeah. she had built this incredible program. So I thought those kids deserved the best. Yes. So if they couldn't have her, I was going to try to find somebody who could at least try to, you know, who who could be as as good as we could get. So. Um, I tried (laughs) (laughs) and it didn't work out. So I said, you know what, this will just be, we'll make the transition easier on the kids. It's just going to be hard on me and that's okay. I can handle that. So that's what we did. And I said, I'll do it for a year and see if we, how it goes. And it went great. Wow. There, it sure did. That book was amazing. I love that book. Um, so there are a lot of advisors out there that are listening to this and they may be in the first year of having to take over when they didn't really have a lot of planning, didn't have a lot of training. Um, what was that first year like for you and how did you get through it? The only reason I'm alive and talking to you today, Jim, <laughs> yeah. is because... Uh, I had three editors who had, like me, been also been editor their junior year. So they, I had returning editors uh, from 2016. They returned in 2017. And just like the first time I showed up at McKinney High and took over the broadcast program, uh, they showed me the way. Um, and it, it was kind of an interesting uh, relationship because... We all had the same yearbook advisor. <laughs> yeah. So we were kind of in the same boat. You know, we knew the rules, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Yes, yes. Uh, but at the same time, um, we felt a little bit of, there was a little element of, well, what could we do that isn't what we've always done? Right. Um we know what she would want us to do. Is that what we want to do? And we kind of had to make those decisions together. Um, so that was kind of, it was kind of interesting and kind of fun. And we wanted to sort of honor that relationship with, yeah, with that yearbook. So uh, it was a great experience. And I love that yearbook. What are some things you changed or, or thought about changing right out of the shoot? Um, the design of that yearbook is, I think it's a little bit of a departure from, uh, some of the other McKinney yearbooks, even from, you know, last year's yearbook, that, that 2017 yearbook just kind of sticks out, uh, color wise. It has a very, McKinney was, you know, it's an old school, uh, almost 140 years old. So it was you know, we're very rich in tradition. And so it was kind of a traditional, uh, it had kind of a varsity high school sort of look. Um, but this was just sort of a cleaner, more modern, uh, had a sort of a modern feel to it. And that was something that I think the kids wanted to do and they were kind of not sure if it would work. And I, I didn't know what to do. So I said, sure, (laughs) I don't, I don't care whatever you guys want to do. So, uh, yeah, I think it paid off. One of my favorite spreads was that one you did um, on the parking. Oh, yeah. uh, Painted parking spots. Just out of curiosity, did you shoot that with a drone? How did you get that angle of that? 
my broadcast class had a drone. So that's been another thing that's kind of interesting is I'll see the broadcast kids kind of collaborating with on the yearbook. And that's been kind of an interesting relationship too. Um, what, what I want to say about that layout too is my school, I had retired by then, but my school saw that layout and pitched to the principal the idea of doing painted parking places. Oh yeah. So so now Del Campo High School seniors get to pay money for the good of the cause or whatever and paint their senior parking place. So that's another cool thing. I've seen this happen other times with great yearbooks. Something that other kids see around the country um, influences them to do to do something new at their school. Yeah, that's really cool. I had no idea. So thanks for telling me that. Yeah. And then that also was one of the most copied spreads of that particular year. A lot of schools did that same kind of thing. And we've been seeing more and more use of drones, which is which is super cool. Yeah, it's just kind of different look. So back to that first year, um, if you could give a new advisor that was in your shoes, so to speak, um, facing, you know, experienced editors and not really know what they're doing, what would, what advice would you give a new advisor about taking over a program? I would say to take advantage of all the uh, all the support I've just I just said something about the the yearbook support system that's out there. Take advantage of that. I just got home from three days with some of the most awesome yearbook experts in the country, and it's those it's things like that that can can really help you get on the right track. So take advantage of every workshop opportunity, every convention opportunity that you can. That's my biggest piece of advice. That's you know, great. Listen to those editors too, because just sort of taking their lead and letting them lead the way was was the best thing I could have ever done because they knew what they were doing. And it also sounded like you you treated them as colleagues almost, and you talked together about the changes that you might want to make. You didn't force anything on them or try to do things differently without bringing them along. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it was, it was a very collaborative. I didn't, I, I went into that year in survival mode. You know, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, get this so. thing done with as few tears as possible and have kind of a good time doing it. That was kind of my sort of goal, but um, yeah, they were, this is Nicole Stucy, Nicole Ostriker and Ann Penpraise. And I mean, they saw, they had been trained to see every yearbook as an opportunity to make the best yearbook of all time. Yeah. So that's what they were there to do. And they looked at hundreds and hundreds of yearbooks uh, from 2016 and they saw the, the, I don't know if this is the right way to say this, but they sort of saw the change in advisor as an opportunity to change things that McKinney had always done. Yeah. And I didn't know any better. So I said, sure. So it was, it was an interesting dynamic. Yeah. I want to emphasize something you said there, which for some editors that might be listening, you know, it really was your editors and their attitude about wanting to do the best book McKinney had ever seen that made the difference. You know, we as advisors 
can have all the aspirations in the world, but if it isn't, if it doesn't come first from the editors, it's just not going to work. Yeah. So, well, knowing you know, what I knowing what I know now, I may have even said no. So I'm glad I was clueless because we added 64 <laughs> pages. Can you imagine? I know. <laughs> what, was I, what was I thinking? <laughs> And you've added a few more in 2018, didn't uh, you? Yes, we added a, a few more. So they just keep getting ideas, and I, I don't know, I can't, I feel bad saying no. So <laughs> that always was my my hope and desire that I would have enough money in my budget to be able to do whatever my editors wanted to do. If they wanted to stretch and try something new, I always hoped we could afford it. So that's why we worked so hard to sell ads and absolutely, you know, do all that other stuff. So yeah, oh, that's great, great advice. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the 2018 book. Um, the theme was endless. What are some of the the things in it that you are most proud of? If if you had the book in front of you, and you were going to show me a few things. Um, what what are what what did you love in this book? Wow. Okay, that's a that's a big question for That's a big, a big book. order, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think I'm really I'm probably well, I don't want to say most proud because I'm proud of a lot. That was a hard yearbook to do because my uh, Oglesby trained editors had to graduate. <laughs> You're right. So you're brand new. They're your people now. They're kind of. my people. So it's kind of like being on a deserted island and uh, sort of there. The boat, the boat was gone, right? <laughs> Trying yeah. to figure out what to do next. Um, so uh, I think there's some incredible stories that I'm glad are in there. Um, there's some stories about students who had endured some pretty significant struggles. Um, and I, I was proud of the kids for choosing to highlight some of those things. Um, there's also a lot of fun, playful things in the book. Um, so it's kind of a uh, an interesting journey you go on, I think, as you go through the book. How is your staff organized? And that's kind of a broad question. But then who makes the layouts? Um do you have a team of people? Does everybody make a layout? Who coaches them? Because literally in your book, there's nothing that I would say, oh my goodness, you know, a rookie made that one. It's lame or, you know, whatever. So wow. how do you get that level of quality? How do you organize? Well, I, this is my third year book I'm working on now. So <laughs> based on my many years <laughs> right, experience, right. But you're doing that. something new and fresh and it's working. Well, it's, I, I feel like it depends on, uh, you kind of have to work with what you got and work to your strengths. So um, last year, we started out the year with everybody has a, a page assignment and they, they start, you know, start with the photos and go from there. Yeah. Um, toward, Good call. Uh, well, around November, um, we kind of realized, well, you know, we have like 348 pages to go. So <laughs> yeah, right. we better figure us up now. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to do this. So um, I had a few designers who were really good and really fast. And so um, we kind of developed a, the concept of having a design team. Ah. 
to crank out some of these designs and to then collaborate with some other staff members or writers or even photographers to uh, write stories, write captions, uh, and come up with some fresh coverage ideas. How many people on that design team? Uh, For 2018, uh, I think it was about four. And um, I think we've got six this year who are really designing spreads. Yeah, that was always my dilemma. And I think I sort of missed the mark sometimes. I had too few people. I wanted the consistency to be there. I wanted the quality to be there. But I had too few kids. So it had to funnel through you know, a small number of kids and a small number of computers. And if you could get six, that's, that's huge. Um, yeah. And I, and I'm looking for the the staff that's mastered having 28 kids make layouts and being able to keep their consistency going. Cause that would be great in terms of workflow, but in terms of quality and consistency, it makes it rough. Well, and, and that's kind of the, the trick I've this year I have, uh, three editors and they're all incredible and they all have different strengths, but there's definitely sort of a, a queen bee designer. <laughs> and so she's kind of a filter for, um, for that design. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, progresses throughout the year. Yeah, whatever. And whatever works. And, and like I say, it's always like whack-a-mole, you know, you get one thing taken care of and then another thing pops up. And mm-hmm. so you, we, we kind of have to redesign ourselves and reorganize our staffs every year. Yeah, I think you have to. I think we're just going to have to. And if we don't find that fun, we're not going to last long as advisors. Uh, to me, it was always a challenge. How can I make these kids do the best work they can with the skills that they have? Right, right. So one more question about last year's book. Um, how did you plan for those interrupters, those those wow factor spreads? Do you leave spaces and then fill them as they go? Or how did those work out so well because they were so beautifully done? Thank you. We Well, we spent a chunk of time at the beginning of the year at workshops. And uh, when we have people like Jim Jordan come in and visit <laughs> our school, um, brainstorming those types of coverage ideas and what we want to do to break up the content with showstoppers or what we call them breakers or whatever you call them. So uh, we had a working list of those kind of going at all times. And as we're working on our ladder, our student life section is chronological. So um, those things are kind of timeless. So we kind of spread them out where we knew we would want to break from you know, the homecoming pages or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, They're really, really fantastic. So um, we're now, we've turned, it's May, we turned to 2019. Um, How's the progress of the book going? And how do you get them up to speed? I'm, I'm amazed at how quickly your kids get doing high level professional work. Things are progressing really well, um, and we got two new editors, Sydney and Kayla, and they're juniors, so they're going to be oh, back so next you, oh, year. Yeah, see what I'm smart. doing? See what I'm doing? The rising editors. I love that. Yes. Um, so they've they've developed some really interesting interesting stuff. They've been to several workshops, including this weekend's Elite Weekend. They were all there. Um, 
and just breaking out of the box, man. Go for it. Yeah. I love it. That's what we need to do. We need to push our kids to do that amazing stuff. And hopefully they're excited about it, that they're breaking new ground. Um, it keeps your book fresh. We don't want to do that same old stuff over and over again. Yeah. So um, first deadline is approaching. And I know people around the country have different deadlines, uh, schedules. But as advisors are approaching deadline one here, um, how do you prepare your kids to get that first set of pages done? And what uh, advice might you give new advisors that are facing deadline one? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, we've got our uh, ladder up on our big whiteboard. And right now it says two slash 352, really big at the top, (laughs) which means we've completed two pages out of three. Nice. Good job. So they have that constant, um, you know, sort of like the I and the Great Gatsby. I don't know. It's been a long time since I wrote oh, yeah. it. But they're being... Dr. Dr. T.J. Eckelberg looking at you, yes. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. That's right. So they're, uh, they've got that. In fact, the day I put the, uh, I wrote the page numbers and all the assignments up on the board, one of my staffers from last year walked in and she said, oh my gosh, I have PTSD. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's pre-traumatic stress, I think, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Well, might as well because here it comes. Uh, Have you had that board all along? Was that there in the Lori Oglesby days, or did you bring in the board? Or Oglesby did a version of the board, I think. But there is a really specific ritual that we continued from the Oglesby days, which is when a student finishes or spread, they draw a line through it on the board and yeah. everyone stops and they count to three, one, two, three, and the whole staff claps once. Yay. So, uh, and then they get to change, you know, they'll say four of 352, God willing this week. So <laughs> um, we can see our progress in real time. And then when they turn in their proofs, they get to erase it completely. So, um, they can see it in real time. So have that sort of constant reminder of what's coming up, uh, a visual in your room so they can see that. Um, I've got it color. I've got the, the ladder on the board color coded this year. Ooh, so things I'm going nice. to turn in in November are pink and things we want to turn in December are blue and things we're going to turn in January are purple. So we'll see it. Hopefully that'll actually happen. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that, that way. <laughs> The big board with all that, I dreamed of that my whole career, but I never quite got it done in the perfect way that I always wanted to. So good for you that you're getting it done. (laughs) So, um, so much to talk about, but let let me, let me jump to this. Um, You know, you're young, you're a wife, a mother, a teacher, an advisor, and everybody wants to know this. How do you keep balance in your life? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and you have a lovely daughter, Rains. Which, I do. Uh, she's precious. Um, yeah, she's taking a nap right now. So keep okay. her fingers crossed. If you're screaming, we're doing so. We're doing well so far. So far. Yeah, it's kind of a miracle, but we're doing it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just like every day I wake up and decide what I'm gonna have to focus on that day. Yeah. And I have to know that it's always gonna be John and Rains first but 
Right. Normally, I, when I walk in the doors in McKinney High School, when I get rains dropped off. Um, which you have daycare in your school, which is amazing. Her classroom is right across the hall. From I love mine. that. Yes. Uh, it's like putting out fires, you know, it's just whatever, whatever I need to prioritize that day. And it's, it, I think it gets easier, you know, with every, every week that goes by, um, and depending on the kids that you have, um, but yeah, it's a challenge. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff going on. Like we just finished elite weekend and next weekend I have TAJE convention and yes. the weekend after that is homecoming. And the weekend after that is JEA NSBA in Chicago. So <laughs> it's December. There we go. Yeah. And then Christmas. So, um, yeah, it's, you got to really set aside some time to hang out with your fam. Yeah. And to hang out with Jim. On that's the podcast. right. That's right. Yeah, that number one thing I would say to any advisor is your family's got to come first um, if you're going to be doing this for the long run. And you've got to really rely on your kids. And I know this is true with you. Um, we can't care more about it than the editors do, than the staff does. And so if your editors don't care, don't invest all your emotional energy into it. Um you could try to get them to care, but ultimately it's their book and their journey and their work. And you want to build that in them to be able to do that. But if they don't, you, you, you can't sacrifice your family and, and your friends and all that for it. No, absolutely. So a um, couple last things here. Um, tell me, we can do this a couple different ways. What advice would you give to uh, another advisor, a just starting out advisor, or or what are some lessons you've learned along your advising journey? Oh, um, lessons I've learned, advice. I don't know, Jim. I still feel like I fly by the seat of my pants, <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Every yeah, right. Day. Yeah. Um, but I was real serious about the advice I gave earlier to, you know, I, even in when I'm talking to new broadcast advisors, it's hard to imagine taking kids to a convention. Uh, that just seems so foreign, I think, to a lot of other teachers who don't live in the world yet. Um, but taking kids to a convention so they can yes. see what is out there is probably one of the biggest things as far as motivating them. Uh, and motivating yourself to see what's possible. Um, so, I, you know, I'm a I'm a journalism teacher today because Lori Oglesby took me to yes. the JEA and SPA conventions and SIPA right. and CSPA. And yes. uh, without that, I just wouldn't be here. I simply wouldn't. So take those. Yeah, I, whole, I wholeheartedly agree. It, it changed my career when I got out there and saw how many cool people there were doing cool things. And then my students saw what the possibilities were. It changed everything. So I can't say it enough. And I look forward to every year still being able to go and touch base with my friends and teach new kids, try to inspire them to do amazing publications. Oh, we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so one last thing here. Um, I always, at the end of the podcast, like to give my guests a chance to 
thank people who helped them become the advisor they are today. And just to show some, you know, thankfulness and gratefulness, I know I'm really big on that. I I owe a lot to a lot of people that went before me and have inspired me. So uh, who would you like to thank or give a shout out to for your career? Wow, that's a really long list. <laughs> go for um, it. Okay, let's go. Uh, well, we talked about Lori and Jeannie, you yes. know, two of the biggest influencers in my life. So I appreciate them. Um, well, I guess I'll thank Mike Taylor. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I will roll my eyes a little bit, but he knows why. Um, <laughs> but he's just kind of been a steadfast uh, encourager, and he's a good yep. person to have around in, in yeah, your life. Is. So thanks to Mike Taylor. Uh, I think Cindy Todd. Yes. Um, she is executive director of TAJE and uh, – just the amount of work that this woman does to make the wheels of Texas journalism turn. People just have no idea what she does. So uh, she's just incredibly encouraging and inspiration. And uh, she's the one who nominated me for the Medal of Merit. Yes. That's so, exciting. Yeah. And you get that in Chicago? Yes. That's exciting. Can't yeah. wait to see that. Uh, so Cindy Todd, I, it's a really, it's a really long list. I'm sure I'm leaving off really important people, but, um, as long uh, as you got Lori and Mike, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll keep me out of trouble, but, um, That's right. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I also want to thank the, everyone I worked with on the board at TAJE and I won't list everybody, but, um, there's just some incredible Texas advisors who, uh, through service to young journalists are making the world a better place. Yeah, that's right. We have a task as journalists, uh, our high school journalists have a task in front of them to really tell the truth. Uh, and yeah. we're, and we're training them to do that. I think so. I hope so. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's very clear that you are paying it forward by being involved in these organizations and trying to inspire people in the same way that uh, you've been inspired by others in the past. So I just want to thank you so much for being a part of your book chat with Jim. And I would like to invite everybody to check out uh, the expanded Advisor of Note article on Alyssa. Um, on wallsworthyearbooks.com. And one other thing I want to just, because I hopefully will get about this, one thing that you do amazingly, and I just almost forgot to say this, you blend your um, broadcast skills by doing amazing video promos of your yearbook. Oh, yeah. And you want to tell me a little bit about the last two, which I uh, will try to get them up there so people can see it. They are the best promos for yearbooks that I've seen anywhere in the country. That's one of my favorite things we do. And it's one of the, our, our campus gets excited for the yearbook ads to come out. Last year, they ripped off, they rip off something else. <laughs> yeah. It's really a great a, commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a better word for it, but I call it a rip off. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a, a Google ad, it's there. We're inspired by a Google ad um, for Endless. And so they use that. And the year before that, um, the Super Bowl Honda commercial. Oh, my goodness. Um, those are just, it's just a lot of fun to see what they it's the one where It's the one where the yearbook comes to life and yes. 
famous people are in it and, and literally pictures start talking. Well, not only did you knock it off, I think you did it even better because it was directly connected to the content of your yearbook. I mean, a yearbook spread came to life. It was just amazing. And we'll try to get that up for people to be inspired by. So great. Just, I can't wait for the next one. And I can't wait to see what's going on with your book. And I look forward to uh, seeing you and celebrating your awards at Chicago. So Alyssa, thanks again. I appreciate our friendship and I appreciate you coming on your book chat with Jim. Thank you, Jim. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you betcha. Thank you for listening to Your Book Chat with Jim. Let us know what you think. Leave a comment or email us, podcasts at walsworth.com. Thanks for listening. This has been a part of the Walsworth Yearbooks Podcast Network.